0: probably not going to finish it this month because next week is next week is valentine's day thank you some of you are huh some of you are awake yeah i'm telling you we need more coffee gail and i haven't had any this morning except what i brought i didn't have any of yours yet let's pray father as we open your word this morning and begin our study, Father, I pray that you'll just guide us in the truth of your word. And I just pray these things in your name. Amen. You need to remember to pray for Vonda. Um, thank you if you encouraged her. Her daughter wants to thank you for encouraging her, and her on Facebook. She put a post up that my blood pressure, and I don't remember what it was, and she said, do you think I need to go to the doctor? And her daughter says thank you to everybody who said yes. With your blood pressure that high, go to the doctor. She was admitted to the uh, to Mon General uh, Wednesday, Thursday. And they did a test yesterday morning. Uh, they did a heart catheter and they found no blockage in her heart. So she was supposed to have gotten, been able to come home yesterday evening. I have not heard whether she actually made it home, but continue to pray for her that they can figure out what's going on that's causing her blood pressure to go up. We're going to be in 1 Timothy chapter 6 this morning. Does anybody know the name Ira Sankey? How many of you know George Beverly Shea? Who is George Beverly Shea? Billy Graham Singer. Okay. Yeah, that's right. He's, he's known for singing for Billy Graham. Ira Sankey, if you look him up, he was Dwight L. Moody's soloist at Moody's rallies and crusades and things that he did. But Moody didn't want him to sing his favorite song. Ira Sankey's favorite song that he loved to do at every crusade and every rally was Onward Christian Soldiers. And Dwight L. Moody didn't want him to sing that because Moody felt that the church that he saw was very unlike an army. If the average military man on, this, on our side in World War II had behaved towards his superiors and their orders the way the average Christian behaves towards the Lord, we probably would have lost the war. Instead of uh, This is what Dwight L. Moody said. Instead of onward Christian soldiers, someone has suggested that perhaps we ought to sing backward Christian soldiers. And that's a quote from K.S. Wursk, uh, Word Studies of the Greek New Testament. And in that, he translated 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 1. He said, Let as many as are under the yoke as slaves consider their own absolute masters worthy of the greatest respect in order that the name of God and the teaching be not evil spoken of. That's that's how they translated it from the Greek. It's a little different than what we have in our Bible today. And some of your Bibles were, are going to say bond servants, some of them are going to say slaves, some of them are going to say servants, depending on the translation that you use. And they all really mean about the same thing a little slight differences in those but in the Old Testament the word servant or slave appears in the New King James 799 times you think it was kind of important that God showed us and taught us about slaves okay thanks Gail Warren Wearsby in the Bible expository commentary from the King James says that servants, and Paul's going to deal in these, we're only going to do two verses this morning. Some of you are like, man, we're going to get out early. No, you're not. <laughs> Paul's going to deal with the relationship of capital versus labor. And the Christians should render, how many of you work, well, I know a lot of you are not working right now but have worked and if you got paid to go to work at 8 in the morning what time did you need to go to work you needed to be there at 8 right if you got paid till five o'clock in the afternoon how long did you need to stay at work (laughs) We'll we'll have private sessions after this we should give a day's labor for a day's wages. Is that not true? How many of you just love having your boss? You're at work, Joe, and your boss is just like this all the time. I was work when I was I worked as a union carpenter till 1987 and I was at a mine when I blew my knee up. We had a hundred. This is this was just a little job. We had over a hundred carpenters on that job, and we were we were doing. We had to do 300 feet of wall a day. This was not. We weren't building a house. We were building a, a at a mine, and we were building these long walls. And we had to do 300 feet of wall a day. You were either tearing the forms down, cleaning the forms, or reputting the forms up or watching them pour concrete to make sure that they didn't blow out and you know where the boss stood you're down in the hole and there was this one supervisor and he stood up on top and he watched and he wanted to see what everybody was doing And you talk about being nervous I mean I knew my job I knew what I was doing but this guy felt like he had to watch over every person every minute of an eight hour day instead of putting on a tool bag and helping out when we really needed it he just wanted to watch when i was a kid i worked for a major grocery chain on the on the west coast and i had one of the meanest bosses you've ever oh he was cruel and he showed up exactly at the same time every single morning and somebody was the lookout and we saw Ralph's old Suburban pull into the back parking lot, they would yell, he's here! And you knew you had about five minutes before he walked in. And i never forget Robert Small. We called him Bobby. Wasn't, I don't know, he wasn't the sharpest tack out of the box, but he tried. He tried. He was an apprentice stock clerk. And one morning, Ralph walked in, and the cereal boxes on you know how you see them here, and then they lay the extras on top, went like this. Ralph was a little OCD. He stuck his hand in the beginning of the shelf, and he walked all the way to the end of that shelf, and he drug every box of cereal off on the floor, and he looked at Robert, and he said, now try it again. He had tried to do his best, but it wasn't good enough for Ralph. What should we do as Christians as Christians? We should try to do our best, right? I think I think it's more important when the boss is not watching. Because when he's watching, you're going to do your best. But when the boss isn't there, when Ray's out on, on a cruise, his employees should be doing their best job. Right, Ray? <laughs> they're hidden cameras, so they don't really know they're being watched. Otherwise, they'd be too nervous to do their job. But we should, as Christians, do the best job that we can, no matter what we're doing. The servants—we're free in Christ. That's why. And Sue, you must have read ahead, you know, to know where I was going to be this week because we picked my chains are gone. We've been set free from the bondage of of sin and slavery. If we have Christ living within us, we've accepted Christ, even though we're free from that sin, that penalty and punishment, our testimony says a whole lot. You know, years and years ago, I don't know if we were even married when I was apprenticing as a carpenter, and I was doing stick framing and, and building houses, and I worked for Christian guys. I had three different guys that I worked for that were Christians, and I'd work a, a while on this job, and then somebody would call and say, can you come and work? And I had one guy, he said, and he was a little bitty guy, he said, you know, I don't like working for Christians. And he was as devout a Christian as you ever want to meet. He says, they're the worst people to work for. Think about it now. When we hire, when we hire somebody, right? And they're another they're another brother. We want them to give us a deal, don't we? Can't you can't you knock a little bit off that? Oh wait, no. Can't can't we knock a little bit off that price, Ron? That seems a little bit high. You know, we're our bro- we go to the same church. You know, you can give me a break, right? The other thing Art told me, he says Christians don't like to pay their bills. Well, you know, I'm a little short this month. Could, could you wait till next month? You know, he, he's got to pay his bills. But Christians don't like to pay their bills, especially if it's another brother. Because they'll understand. Hmm. What if your boss is not a Christian? And you have that attitude. Or the person that you hire to do the job is not a believer and they know you are. What does that say for the testimony of of Christ or of Christians? We hurt our testimony by the things that we do that are dishonoring to God. But what about what about, and I don't know, I don't know Ray that well, but Ray owns a business here in town. They his employees know he's a Christian. And I guess you've got a lot of Christians working for you, don't you, Ray? Yeah. Do that, and I'm not. I don't. I don't want to put him on the spot, but sometimes, because they know he's a Christian, they'll want to take advantage of him because he's he's such a good natured guy. He's rolling these eyes. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> See, it's fun to be up here. But as Christians, our actions, our walk we've talked about this before, should exemplify Christ. Whether we're at work, whether we're a boss or an employee. How many of you have a whole bunch of these in your drawer? Oops. This is is not out of my desk. I picked this up out of somebody else's desk drawer. It says Henry Edinburgh Incorporated. 708. I don't know where it came from. You ever go through your drawer and find these? And you go, hmm. Or all these custom pencils that the boss bought. But he won't miss one. Ah, oh, paperclip. I'm out of paperclips at home. They won't miss just this one. Oh wait, I need a push pin at home. There's something I gotta put up on the wall. The boss won't care. He's got thousands of them. What's one going to cost him? Profit. Uh, I saw a young gal that we've known most of her life. She's probably about 40 now. Posted on Facebook. I cleaned out my purse. And I found a whole handful of pens in the bottom of my purse. And she said, if you're missing your pen, I probably have it. <laughs> look at me like I'm the only one that's ever got a pen that do- doesn't they send me pens I got all kinds of pens up in my drawers that companies send you to try and get you to buy their products but you know what when we're working for an employer we have to be honest in our dealings even if it even if it's a pushpin and I could tell by the f- expression on some of your faces you've borrowed a push pin or a paperclip before 1 Timothy chapter 6 verse 1 says let as many bondservants as are under the yoke count their own masters worthy of all honor so that the name of God and his doctrine may not be blasphemed. Count their own masters worthy of all honor. It says under the yoke refers to believers who are slaves. You've got to understand in the time that Paul was writing this letter to Timothy. They estimate there were over 60,000 slaves in the Roman Empire at that time. And they weren't all being beaten and oppressed. Some of them were teachers. You know, some of them, according to my study, some of them could have been young ministers in the churches that were ministering to their own masters in church. But it says... To count their master worthy of all honor. Believing slaves were to give their masters honor, whether their masters were believers or non-believers. Under the yoke describes the humility resulting from slavery. Paul's not Paul's not addressing slavery as an issue. Because he didn't want to cause controversy in the church. Because if he would have been preaching against slavery, it would have caused a lot of problems for Christ. But he's trying to teach us and teach them how they should behave towards the ones who are over them. The so that clause, if you see, worthy of all honor, so that. What's that so that clause? It shows the purpose of Paul's concern was to prevent misbehavior he wanted the slaves to be obedient to their masters and show them the honor that was due their position and what was his greatest concern the greatest concern that he had was that the name of God and his doctrine may not be blasphemed people if we proclaim that we're Christians at work then we ought to look like Christians we ought to treat others like Christians people are going to come to know Christ as their Savior because of your testimony at work how do how do people out there know what it's like to be a Christian How do the people up above us, down below us, the people you come across in the stores, how do they know what a Christian looks like? By looking at us. And what do they see when they see us? We read in Ephesians chapter 6 this morning, in verse five, it says, Bond servants be obedient to those who are your master according to the flesh, with fear and trembling in sincerity of heart as to Christ. How many of you, when you were in the military, and I know a lot of the guys were here, or maybe even some of the gals, any gals were in the military? Oh, well, but the guy, Pat a Marine tough guys right Pat yeah hoorah (laughs) I never figured out what that hoorah was but did you always like what your the officers that you had to report to did you always just love all of their orders did you love to obey those orders did you why because the consequences of disobedience were much worse than obedience right we could we could almost always tell and and I'm sorry any any of you that were in the military officers I don't want to I don't want to get in bad bad standing with anybody but we used to look at their rings and if a first lieutenant or a second lieutenant had a an academy ring on we just like oh they had it all they had all the book knowledge but they had no practical on the ground knowledge of how it was done i had officers that oh just like just like to your bosses but in a military situation you have to do what the officer in charge tells you to do right we had one we had a captain one time and how i don't know how he got to be a captain. But he would defer to the first sergeant if he had a question. At least he was smart enough, and he had that academy ring on. But at least he had enough smarts to know that if he didn't know what to do, because we were our combat first call unit, and he wasn't sure about something we were to do, he would go to the first sergeant, who knew how it was supposed to be done. I could respect an officer a whole lot more that would could admit that I don't know it all. But here in Ephesians, it says that we're to be obedient. And if you were in the military, you know it was hard to be obedient. In the workplace, it's hard to be obedient sometimes, isn't it? Your boss tells you to do something. You ever had a boss? I had a boss one time. I got the only job in my life I ever got fired from. I was. I got fired from this job. You know why? I believe Supervisor came down from Phoenix one time and he says, how come you don't hang around after our company meetings with the guys and have a drink? Our company meetings were at a restaurant that had a bar attached to it. And the meeting was over, everybody went to the bar. Except Jim, Jim went home. And they did not like the, I was snubbing them. And I said, I don't drink. I said, I have a family at home. I'm going home to my family. I don't mind socializing, but I'm not going to sit here at the bar and have a drink with you. And it wasn't long after that I didn't have a job. Yeah, it hurt, because we got all kinds of free ice cream. <laughs> I, haul, I hauled 167 different kinds of ice cream, and when it was damaged, we could fill our freezers with it. And we, Every social we had, we had really good ice cream at church. The kids in the neighborhood would be waiting for me to drive in the driveway especially in the summertime. Can we have a popsicle? And we'd flip the garage door open and hit the freezer. But anyway, he didn't like the fact that I wouldn't drink with him. He didn't demand it. He demanded I show up for work every day, do my job. But he didn't like the fact that I wouldn't party with them. But what would my testimony have been like if I would have decided to party with them? Be obedient. those who are your masters according to the flesh, with fear and trembling in sincerity of heart as to Christ. How are we to act? I'm going to keep going back to that. How are we to act every day? And it's hard. It's hard to do what we're supposed to do every day, isn't it? but that's what's expected of us. Look at Colossians chapter three. Colossians chapter three, verse 22 says, bond servants obey in all things your master according to the flesh, not with eye service as men pleasers, but in sincerity of heart why because you're afraid of your boss no you're fearing God and whatsoever you do do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance for your service the Lord for you serve the Lord Christ but he who does wrong will be repaid for what he has done, and there is no partiality. Masters, give your bondservants what is just and fair, knowing that you also have a master in heaven. So if you're a boss, you're supposed to treat your employees right. We look back, and those of you that are reading through, if you're reading in the law right now, the oppression of the children of Israel when they were under Pharaoh's reigns, and then God gives them very specific instructions Once they're delivered, how they're to treat their captives when they go in and occupy the land. And he reminds them over and over, remember, you were slaves. I delivered you out of Egypt. This is how you're to treat those that you take captive. So the masters are also supposed to treat those fairly. And you can go on and read down through... uh, a little bit more on in Colossians here but we we need to know who we serve we serve an Almighty God the Creator and he's given us these instructions Titus another one of the Pauline epistles Titus chapter 2 Verse 9 says, exhort bond servants to be obedient to their own masters, to be well-pleasing in all things, not answering back. Boy, that was a hard one for me when I was growing up, not to answer back when I was told something I didn't really like to hear. Not pilfering, not even a pushpin, but showing good fidelity to, that they may adorn the doctrine of God our Savior in all things showing good fidelity means being trustworthy that they may adorn the doctrine of God our Savior how are we to act first Peter chapter 2 verse 18 it says, servants, be submissive to your masters with all fear, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the harsh. So if your boss is a tough guy, you're supposed to be submissive to the tough guys. Not just to the ones that you really like and really, In all, with all fear. Not only to the good and gentle, but also to the harsh. Back in 1st Timothy Paul also addresses the slaves who have unbelieving masters how would they treat them they weren't to rebel for the sake of the gospel for the sake for the name of God verse 2 of 1st Timothy chapter 6 and those who have believing masters let them not despise them because they are brethren, but rather serve them because those who are benefit are believers and be loved. Some commentators say that teach and exhort these things should be in the next verse, but we'll look at that next week and this week too, because I believe it's really important that we understand that Paul, you working for a Christian? You need to show him the same kind of respect. We addressed that a little bit ago. You know, just because I'm working for Ray doesn't mean I can take advantage of Ray because he's a brother. We come to church together on Sunday. I have to respect him as a boss. I'm not working for him, but if I was, I would have to respect him as a brother in Christ and my employer. Can you imagine if you were a slave back in the Roman Empire during the time of Paul writing this? and the pastor that was preaching to you was one of your slaves? How would you feel? But how would that slave have felt if his boss was sitting out there and he had been disrespectful to him? He couldn't very well teach him well, could he? Because of his example. And how he acted towards his boss. And Paul gave three reasons why Christian slaves should show respect for their believing masters and not take advantage. He says, because they are believing. How can one believer take advantage of another believer? We've seen it, we know it can happen. But Paul's it telling us not to do that. Their masters are beloved. And love does not rebel. This is great timing because next week is love. I'm going to take a break from 1 Timothy and do love next week. But love does not rebel or look for opportunities to escape responsibility. And I think sometimes we look, well, he won't care because he's a Christian. I I can shortcut this a little bit or shortcut that a little bit. Ah, that's not what it's supposed to be and finally Paul's third thing is that both the master and the servant will benefit because the last part of that verse because those who are benefited are believers and beloved the master and the slave are benefiting and he says goes on and says teach and exhort these things We should be taking care of our testimony and our walk with Christ. Be a mutual blessing to each other. Sometimes in our walk and our relationship at work, your testimony can speak volumes to an unsaved person. They see how you respond. your boss or if you're a Christian boss how you respond to your employees and your walk will point someone to Christ or away from them I've heard people say if that's what a Christian looks like I don't want anything to do with it because their walk is not one of honoring to God and they've heard the gospel There was a story told of a young lady. She went to her pastor for counseling. She had had a good job, but she was a Christian, but a job opened up at a Christian company. And she went to her pastor for counseling, and she says, I'm just so disillusioned with this job. It's not what I thought it was going to be. I thought it was a Christian company, and... It's just not what I thought it was going to be. And he said, are you working as hard at this company as you did at your last one? And there was a long silence. She thought about it. He said, go back to work tomorrow and do the best job that you can and see if things don't change. She went back and started working as hard for her Christian employer as she did in the secular job that she had had. And everything was okay. But she thought, I'm going to work for this Christian organization. I don't have to work that hard. And it wasn't honoring and pleasing to God. And she figured it out real quick. What's your walk look like at work? not going to get I got two more pages of notes. (laughs) We'll get it in a couple weeks. We have a responsibility every day to show Christ to someone. Jim's closing statement in Sunday school this morning was help someone about God this week. The best way to tell somebody about who God is and what God, what Christ has done for us on the cross is by our testimony before others. When all else fails, we use words. But our walk should reflect Christ. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word we thank you that we have been freed from that yoke, that bondage of sin because of Christ's death on the cross. Father, my prayer this morning is if there's someone here that does not know you as their Lord and Savior, that today might be their day of salvation. Father, we, we pray, come quickly, Lord Jesus. We see the things going on around us, uh, the evilness. It's creeping in all around us, and Father, we we see in your word that these are just signs of your return, and we pray for the time that we can all be together with you in heaven. And Father, I just, I pray now that you'll just help each one of us as we go out of these doors and encounter people in our work, in our daily lives, that Father, our testimony will be one that's pleasing and honoring to you. And that your doctrines will not be blasphemed because of our walk or the words that we say. And Father, I just pray that you will put people in our path this week that we can show your love to them. Father, as we approach Valentine's Day and it's just another day on the calendar but Father, it's a day that we, uh, we enjoy sharing love with our loved ones and with others and Father, this week may we show your love to someone that we come in contact with. And we just pray these things in your most precious name.